Hello, friends. Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. We are starting off an exciting new series, one that is close to my heart. And in the first episode, we are going to talk about one of the main issues in addressing singleness, particularly when it comes to engaging with and about singleness in the church. And in order to do that, we're going to understand or go back into a bit of the history and the context of how singleness emerged to be what it is and then how dating kind of affected that. And then we're going to talk briefly about some of the things to expect when we're diving into this topic. I want to be really clear and state, you'll hear me reiterate this, I am not an expert. I just carry a deep passion for a healthy singleness in the church, particularly as we follow Jesus in a very complex and layered culture with lots of narratives around what it means to be single and to be following Jesus wholeheartedly with every area of our life. And I just believe that this podcast is really going to hopefully just start the conversation with you and your friends. I want to be an excuse to talk about it. I'm sure there are many things that I will not cover. There are things that I'll probably say you'll disagree with. I will be upfront and say, I don't really like telling people what to think. My big passion, driving passion, especially when it comes to spiritual formation and discipleship in the church is to help people on how to think. We have more information and more data than in the last 20 years, I believe, than the last 2000. We are not at a short fall of information. I think it's even more important that when we are talking about spiritual things that we really learn and build into how to think about it, to build into worldview. And so that's going to be a lot of the conversation is like, here's some things I've observed. I will say up front, I share people's stories. I'm going to mash them up out of confidentiality. I've had the privilege of journeying with so many people But I think it's really important that you understand I don't want to share a story that isn't mine to share. It's been shared in confidence. So some of those things, if you're wondering, you know, listening, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I'm going to tell Amanda something that's going to end up on our podcast. It's not. I'm going to mix it up. So just to be clear about that up front, any stories I do share are I have blended or nuanced them to protect parties. But without any further ado, let's get started. I think that one of the biggest issues I see is that culturally, there are few pictures of what a fulfilled single life looks like that doesn't look like sleeping with whomever you want and spending money on whatever you want. I think there seems to be this like almost overcompensation for a life that isn't filled with, I'm going to say immediate family. It just means, okay, let's embrace it. We can do whatever we want and we get to kind of have this life that is quite honestly self-centered. And then at the same time, I think even whether you're inside or outside the church, there is these narratives and pictures of what a full and filled life looks like. And that is married with kids. 
And so it seems like there's this kind of polarity where it's either like you're single and really fulfilled or you're single and really kind of self-centered and it's all about you. Or the flip side is you're married and you have all these kind of relational fulfillments. Um, And it just gets tricky to kind of find what does healthy singleness look like when you are pursuing God wholeheartedly? What does it look like to be a single and be holy? And I think that culture has a lot to say around single individuals of either gender who are not in a relationship. But I'm not sure that as the church, we have provided a fulfilled vision for singleness, which I think is really sad, really, really sad. I'm kind of laughing as I say that, but it, I think it's been a grief uh, to realize that as more and more people are single, and that can be either getting married later or choosing to remain single or losing a spouse at an early age that we're not offering some alternative fulfillment or ways of seeing themselves. And it's concerning because Jesus was single, Paul was single. So there's obviously a fullness that can be experienced. And yeah, I think that we need to talk about this. So I just want to give a little bit, this is the historian in me, for those of you who know, I studied history in my undergrad, and I really can't help but go back to some of that to just understand how marriage became what it was, um, kind of in this elevated factor of life, both inside and out of the church. But marriage historically was the glue of society, and it was not because two people fell in love. Marriage had less to do with individuals coming together and more to do with the communities that brought them together. Marriage really was a lot about, and I'm oversimplifying here, but marriage was a lot about an economic alliance of connection and financial resources. You don't have to look back far in European history to understand how marriage was used to kind of secure peace and relationship. Because who in their right mind would go to war against their sister, right, when they've married someone or their cousin? And then even further back in history, where land was less defined, so less territorial, marriages brought together families and inheritances, and even like tribal alliances or fighting alliances, if I can say this. So it was not, marriage wasn't about love and feeling, it was political, it it was economic, it was social, and it was very, very strategic. Now, why am I bringing that up? I think it's it's relevant because we live in a society that has really shifted marriage to be about individual choice and inde- independence. And so we praise this kind of freedom and exalt the importance of an individual choice, which creates a kind of um, environment in which marriage becomes about what one person or two people feel about each other. And it's it becomes all about me and my choice. And then I think that when it comes to the issue of singleness, and when I say we, I mean the church, married and single people can fall into the trap that either being married or being single has very little or nothing to do with other people or their community. I'll repeat that. I think we fall have fallen into the trap that we believe that either being married or being single has very little or nothing to do with other people. And that is quite simply not true. I mean, even from a sociological perspective, we understand that marriage is the building block of community. 
and family. And then I also think that, um, is it any wonder then that we, as the church, as people trying to figure out what it looks like to bring the kingdom, that when we live less like a community of families and more like a community of individuals, that those who are single then start to feel isolated. I'll just repeat that. Is it any wonder that when we as the church live less like a community of families and more like a community of individuals, that those who feel single or those who are single start to feel more isolated? I think we have bought into this cultural mentality. When I say we, I'm going to say from a Western perspective that it's about me. And I think that, no, I think I know that when you are a Christ follower, whether you are single or married, we are called to die to self and follow Christ. It's simply not about us. It is about Jesus and God's glory. And to love God wholeheartedly, right, with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors um, inclusively selflessly. So this has, you know, human nature, we like to make it about us. I think now we have in this culture, it's a lot about us. And this has affected us in many ways, some of which I'm just going to mention here. Um, I think it's taught us that um, everything is about what we want. And what we want is therefore right, right for me. And it's my right to have what I want. So I think that when it comes to being single and as we are single and older and have more resources, it can easily become self-absorbing, serving ourselves rather than others. We are at some point, I'm going to say in the future, going to specifically have an episode on the advantages of being single. And I think some, I want to say that there is an advantage in being able to choose things for yourself. And that is a benefit of being single, of doing that without compromise. But I just want to name as pertains to the topic today, that in our culture, it is easy easy as a single person to just have everything be about me and what I want. I think also, um, I think Tim Keller uses the words that we are, this is the second point, we are in constant um, contractual relationships where when it benefits us, right? I mean, if you think about a contract, like we buy something from a store because we want it, we get something out of it and the the store benefits financially. I think a lot of our relationships are transactional as well. Um, You know, simple services like, you know, hairdressing, et cetera. But I think what has also happened is that kind of consumer mentality has come into the church. And as a result... This is just a working theory of mine. I think because we don't teach people how to be in healthy relationships, even when they're not married, that are not simply transactional, where I'm only here as long as it benefits me and I am consuming or consumer Christianity, like I'm spectating as long as I can kind of sit here and get what I need. I don't necessarily give, but I also don't learn how to stay committed even when I'm not always getting what I want. And I think and wonder, again, operating theory, is if our lack of discipleship in this area and teaching people how to be in relationship in the family of Christ while they are single, even if it is not benefiting them, might contribute to divorce because in no other way are we going to train people that 
you know, to be in a covenant relationship where I am called to be as I am called to be, whether I am getting from you what I need and want, that I will remain who I am called to be in Christ and committed to you. If we are not practicing that before marriage, I don't understand how we can expect people to suddenly make a commitment like that without learning to practice it in community. So I think that's my second point. I think it's very important that we understand that most of our life is in transactional relationships where we get what we want and when we don't, we walk away. And I think that affects how we engage in relationships in general, but then we engage with the church. The other thing, third, that culture has made it about us, and this is something that is really ticks me off and because it is such a blatant lie, but we live in a world that tells us if we are not sexually engaged, and I use that term because intentionally because I think it kind of encompasses everything that you could imagine about what it means to be sexually engaged, either personal sexual practices or engaging with other people, okay? There is a lie that says we are not completely ourselves. There is a part of us that it just isn't being expressed. And I just, that to me is a lie. And we are buying into it, I think, because we're not talking about this explicitly as a church. We're going to have a topic discussion on um, sexuality or more like sexual expression later in the series. But I have to name it because I'm I'm so done with this lie of people believing they're missing out because I can't express themselves sexually and what they want. And facts show that Christians are as sexually active, if not more than their non-Christian peers. So this just breaks my heart. This just breaks my heart. So this water that I've kind of named is cultural water we're swimming in has, I believe, permeated the church. And we'd like to believe we are different. But I think the reality of what I've just kind of laid out for you, and that just scratches the surface, reminds us and challenges us that when we follow Jesus, we're meant to follow him in all seasons of life and in every area of life. So this is an intro episode, and I just want to define what I mean by the term singleness for this series. And I'm defining singleness as anyone who is not married. If you are not married, you are single. I don't care whether you're dating or engaged. If you're not married, you're single. And that includes people who have never been married, people who have been married and now are no longer married. So that means like divorced, widowed, you know, if you're single parents, um, maybe anything that encompasses not being married is single. And I actually believe that because the Bible only allows for oneness of two individuals between a marriage covenant, the implication is that those who are not married are the singles. So that's going to be my working definition, okay? All people who are not married. That's what I mean by singleness. And so what we're going to attempt to cover in this series, and I just want to, again, say I am not an expert. I am sharing from my experience, reflections, personal work, like sermons written, sermons listened to, books uh, books read, pastor's advice, given as a pastor, received from other pastor, uh, wisdom I've learned from talking with other singles on this issue. So I'm not claiming to be an expert. Part of what I want to do in this series is actually just rip the band-aid off so you can go and have the conversation with your community. 
I think this is really, really important. I don't, and I say this um, with all the love in my heart, I don't need to be engaged with you on this topic if I am not in relationship with you. I think with greater intimacy comes greater accountability. And so people in your life can have this conversation. That being said, if you have something you wish to contribute or topic you would like covered, or as I'm going to have the asking for a friend where I just talk about some questions that I've received as a pastor or keep coming up and you'd like addressed, please feel free to drop me a line. Uh, But some of the topics I intend on covering, uh, some language I am concerned about that we use as the church that I believe is actually biblically incorrect and gets people confused about singleness. And we need to reframe the conversation. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that actually first. I think we also need to talk about understanding the gift of singleness. And this is a really important topic because I think we don't talk about the benefits of singleness often enough because we kind of feel like it's a season to get through, not something to be embraced. And this also will include uh, biblical examples of people who were single and the things that the Lord asked them to do, particularly when they are on their own. We're also going to talk about rethinking relationships in general. And I believe that, you know, a lot of people come and talk to me about dating and how do you do dating better and healthier. And I actually think dating is a downstream problem. I think our issue is we do not know how to do healthy friendship. And so it just makes dating relationships more complicated. So we're going to talk about that. I do want to talk about sexuality and singleness. I don't know how far into it I'm going to get because I don't want it to consume this entire series. And I do believe, particularly if we're going to talk about, um, yeah, holiness and sexuality, I do believe these conversations need to happen in relationships. So I'm still figuring out how to massage that one out, but I do want to talk about it. We are going to talk about dating how dating has changed, not just historically, but I also think getting into online dating. We are also going to talk about boundaries in relationships. Um, If you are dating, yes, but also just like if you are single, and I'm going to say this particularly, um, I may even have a session just on like single pastors. There is just a whole gambit of stuff that needs to get sorted out. If you are leading um, in an organization and your business is relationships, It just is extra complicated. And then along the way, I'm going to probably have question and answers. Like what to say, a big question people have is like, what do I not say to single people? And how do we help our single friends? This was a question that even when I put this out months ago for people to say, hey, what do you want to talk about? The amount of people who are married who just said like, what can we say to our single friends? Or what should we not say to them? And I love their heart because I do feel in my own experience, I will... I could give you a list probably of things people have said to me that have been helpful and sometimes well-intentioned, but really quite painful. And so we're just going to talk about that. And then I would say finally is um, if you have any questions and I will keep them anonymous, I'm not going to say who's asked, who asked them, but if there are things that you think, oh, as we're talking about this, I think this needs to be a dynamic in there please feel free to let me know. So I'm excited that we are going to talk about this. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. 
Um, it's also a topic that I'm not, uh, I will be honest and say I have not wanted always to do it because I haven't wanted it to define me, but I just am sad at the state of so many like Christian singles who I think are being robbed of the gift of their season because of the narratives they're absorbing about what it means to be single. And also I think the work that God can do through and in them because they are absorbed by some of these, um, yeah, the things that are getting us off track. So anyway, I look forward to journeying with you and we will see or hear you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle, The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.